we all come from so many different things and people's experiences change their viewpoints constantly. So it's not up to us to change anyone's viewpoint. It's not up to us to even re-educate everyone constantly. It's ultimately to gain a level playing field and to understand that regardless of what our political beliefs are, we can find a middle ground. Conversations are the key to unifying the world. So let's hear from the conversationalists and changemakers who are breaking echo chambers and using their voices for good. I'm your host, Sophie Barron, and this is the Conversationalist Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back. Thank you so much for being here and for being a part of our journey to unify the world. This episode is an amazing one. And before we dive in, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you can get notified whenever we have an episode. I started The Conversationalist so every single person's voice can be heard. And here on our podcast, I chat with Gen Z activists, entrepreneurs, and game changers from the TC community, as well as experts and thought leaders who are at the forefront of social change. I'm here to help break open your echo chamber so you can unify your world. I'm so excited about the community we're building together. So come join us on the Geneva app by texting UNIFY to 877-222-1119 or simply visit our website, theconversationalist.com. Once you join, you'll be able to find new friends, new opportunities, and 24-7 conversation surrounding anything and everything under the sun that matters to you. Let's dive into today's episode. I get to chat with one of our human rights honorees from our 2020 conversational list, Anya Dillard. Anya is a 17-year-old activist, philanthropist, performing artist, entrepreneur, content creator, and aspiring filmmaker. She also founded The Next Gen Come Up, which is an organization dedicated to encouraging youth activism and community service through media and creativity. Anya has been making an impact on the world and using her voice for good since the age of five, which is still mind-blowing to me, so you will not want to miss this conversation. Anya shares some great tactics for navigating difficult conversations, as well as how to get started as a changemaker. So let's get the conversation started with the amazing Anya Dillard. Anya, welcome to the Conversationalist Podcast. It is so fun having you here. I'm so inspired by you and all of the amazing things you're doing in this world. I know that we had the honor of getting to honor you on our list for 2020 and just so grateful you're on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So let's kick off our episode in proper TC style by breaking the ice. So Anya, I'm going to ask you some fun rapid fire questions and I'm excited to hear your answers. So number one, where are you right now? I'm in West Orange, New Jersey right now. That's where I grew up. Love it. Number two, what is your most frequently used emoji? Oh, probably the puppy eyes. I love using the puppy (laughs) eyes for things. For anyone who's just listening to the audio version of this, you just missed Anya's impression (laughs) 
of that emoji. <laughs> I'm so sorry you didn't get to see that. It was amazing. Number three, Anya, this is a bigger question. If you could change one thing about the world, what would it be and why? I would probably change the lack of empathy that we have today because I think that a lot of the issues that we will end up talking about on this podcast and many more would not exist if people valued empathy more. So definitely that. Can you imagine a world where everyone had more empathy? <laughs> would be the dream, but love that. Next question, Anya, how did you celebrate your last birthday? Oh my gosh. Well, my last birthday was my 17th birthday and it was in quarantine. So I didn't do anything major, but I did have a little birthday dinner and my birthday gift was winning my student council election. So that was, that was fun. That's so exciting. I'm glad that you had something to mark the occasion, even amidst a pandemic. That's awesome. And then last rapid fire question. This is something we ask every single person on the podcast. You know, here at TC, we are all about breaking echo chambers. And I'm such a believer in learning so much about a person by better understanding their echo chamber. So Anya, tell us a little bit about your personal echo chamber. Yeah, I think my personal echo chamber has been extremely pro-Black. And I say that because my entire introduction into activism was BLM. So I had to go out of my way to educate myself about indigenous issues, about LGBTQ issues, about issues outside of my own community that weren't coming so naturally for me to understand and also to just have information firsthand about. So that was definitely something that I struggled with for a while, but it took the courage for me to actually step out of that echo chamber and to search for that information so I think that forcing myself to be better educated about those things has made me a way more well-rounded advocate. That's awesome. I wish that so many people could have that moment, right, where they decide to break out of their comfort zone. So it's awesome to hear that you've done that. And without further ado, Anya, I want to learn more about your backstory. So let's talk. Anya, you already alluded to this, but you started your work in activism at such a young age. I think I read that it was at five years old. Yeah, I started Crazy. in philanthropy. I know it's it's really wild because I don't think that most people would imagine like a five-year-old even thinking about other people. They just want to play with toys and be cute and get what they want. And you know, it's, it's, it's living life at five years old. But for me, my mom instilled that value system that we talked about earlier about empathy very young. And the one thing that she always prayed for me to be was compassionate. I remember when I was really, really little, I wanted to go to work with her, like for like, take your kid to work day type of thing. And as a kid, you always want to find people to play with. So you're always just trying to, you know, find friends. And she works full time at a hospital in the marketing department. And I remember asking her, like, I want to, like, are there kids here? Like, I want to play and she was like, well, yeah, there are kids here, but they may not be able to play with you. And that was when she took me to visit the children in the pediatric nursing home there. And a lot of those kids suffer from really serious physical and neurological disabilities. And before that, even though I live in a really diverse area where we do have special ed programs in our schools, I wasn't familiar with young people with those kinds of disabilities. And I don't have a lot of disabled family members. So seeing them and being able to talk to them and be like, oh, wow, like, you're just like me. Like you like the same things that I like, but I'm not seeing you on like the lunchroom posters in school or like the commercials on Nickelodeon. It was such an eye opener for me. And then after that, I kept telling my mom, like, I want to go back. I want to like give the kids gifts for Christmas and things like that. Cause I really wanted them to feel seen, you know? 
And after that, it became something that I did every year. We would gain uh, a lot of sponsorships from the hospital staff, a lot of sponsorships from our friends and family members. And we, over the course of the past 13 or 14 years that we've been doing it, we've gained so, so, so many funds. But we've been able to provide those kids with blankets, toys, musical instruments, makeup even, you know, just for the holiday season, as well as necessities like underwear and things that the hospital needs to make sure that they're set first, because some of them do go to school, but some of them who don't need specific things. And so we've been able to provide that for them. It's been something that I'm really, really proud of. And it's been my longest effort maintained so far. So yeah, that's amazing. Oh my gosh. I feel like when I have kids one day, I'm gonna tell them at five years old, like, now is the time. To start fostering empathy, Anya is the perfect example of this. It's amazing that you got started at such a young age. And fast forward now to where you are in life. Tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. I mean, the biggest reason as to how we heard about you and wanted to honor you on our list for human rights was because you truly embody someone who uses their voice for good. So Anya, how did you start using your voice? And tell us about the work you're doing now with the Next Gen Come Up. I had no interest in politics at all from like age five, even despite my community service, my love for community service. I had no interest in politics until I was like 12, 13. And to be honest, like, I always viewed politics and social issues in general as just adult conversation. Like, I didn't ever think it had anything to do with me. I never really experienced racism firsthand because of how diverse my community was growing up. So it wasn't something at the forefront of my mind ever. I wanted to be an environmentalist growing up. And so I studied a lot of STEM and I was a huge nerd. And I did a lot of STEM programs for the gifted. And when I started doing more of those programs, I started to realize like, I'm the only black girl in like a room of 300 people. It was always very odd because I had never experienced that before. I started to wonder like, why is there such a disconnect? Why is the lack of diversity so large? And so I started to investigate the social climate and politics. And I started to realize that race had such a huge effect on people who look like me across the nation. And I had always been very proud of my heritage. My mom is Guyanese, so I have a, I live in a West Indian household. And I've always been super proud of that. And I realized that society was actively working against that pride in so many other communities around the world. And that's when I really wanted to start talking about it and get involved. And so I started to disconnect myself from STEM and those programs and get involved in programs like Black Girls Lead, which is a leadership conference dedicated to uplifting the accomplishments of extraordinary young Black women. After experiences like that, I really threw myself into the activism space and I started using my creative talents because I believe I'm like left and right brain to an extent. So I abandoned the math and sciences and I started to kind of utilize the artsy part of myself to talk about those things and to get people's attention and to encourage other people to talk about those things as well. So that's how I got started. And the Next Gen Come Up came as a product of that inspiration. I have gone through a lot of transformations with the Next Gen, but ultimately my goal now is to build it into a platform that is extremely outreach-based and that encourages community service efforts in countries across the world, as well as states all over the nation. But I also want to build it into a platform that provides an outlet for young artists that are using their work for good and that are using art to spread awareness. So that's what we're trying to do now. It's amazing, Anya. And thank you for sharing more about your journey. I obviously 
my experience is so different than yours in so many ways. I mean, we come from different even generations <laughs> almost. But I, I think what you shared about being the only one in the room and being the only Black woman in your environment to some extent opened up your eyes to want to start that dialogue. That's definitely how I felt growing up as the only Jewish kid in my community. And I think sometimes that's that's the light bulb moment when you realize that we've got to talk about it. And I wish that I had had the tools and skills to do it when I was your age. So it's amazing what you're building with the next gen and how you've really transformed that into a force for good. I remember reading that a huge moment in your activism journey was organizing a 3,000 person protest for your town's first Juneteenth celebration. I know you've done so much work in your community as well in New Jersey. So I guess how has your community in West Orange responded to the work that you're doing? First off, I just have to say that I'm so grateful for all of my teachers, all of my peers, because I've never had negative backlash from any of the higher ups in my town. I've always been supported. And I think that a huge part of that comes from the fact that I grew up here and I've always been a huge advocate for kindness over everything. So whenever I do stand up and whenever I am radical, people know that it's coming from a, the right place. I've gained a level of respect from my school principals, board of ed members, town council members, the politicians in our area. And that has a huge part to do or part to play rather in the amount of support that we gained during the protest. I also think that my peers have been a huge part uh, of my support system because no matter what, I've always been able to reach across the aisle and be like, hey, like I'm doing this thing or I want to know your experiences or yada, yada, yada. And people always contribute. Because again, they know that I'm not just going to post things and try to be performative and then forget about it. Like I really do actively try to make the lives of the kids here better and just to make everybody, if nothing else, feel more included and feel safer in their experience. And that's always been my main goal. So I've been really grateful to have grown up in such a diverse area because I know a lot of advocates, uh, especially young people like in my generation, who were not as fortunate and who have had to go through you know, blatant racism in their schools and even sexual harassment in their schools and a whole bunch of other things that I simply have not had to go through. And I'm really grateful to be able to say that. It's really important that, you know, whenever I do bring my opinions to forums and whenever I am asked about, you know, West Orange, you know, in that light, it's really important to me that I mention that because I am truly grateful for the amount of support that my community has lent to me over the past four or five years. That's awesome. And I know you mentioned that you've always been that person to kind of reach across the aisle and have conversations with people from all backgrounds and all walks of life, which you know we're all about here at TC. So I guess I'd love to know, what are your tactics, Anya, for navigating some of those more difficult conversations with people who might disagree with you? It was a struggle. <laughs> learning how to navigate because before I didn't think it was necessary to even, you know, think twice about it. I was very fiery. I could argue you down as long as I wanted. But then when I realized like there's a difference between sharing your opinions and sharing your political views just to say, this is how I feel versus trying to communicate a message. So I started to really learn the power of language and the importance in, you know, in being a communicator and understanding how to know what you want to say, but on the back end, know what you want to come from that. And if what you say is not going to result in that, you need to change how you say what you're trying to say. 
And it was a hard process for me to understand because, you know, people say some crazy stuff. (laughs) But over the years, I've learned to accept that not everyone has to agree with you to be human. We all come from so many different things and people's experiences change their viewpoints constantly. So it's not up to us to change anyone's viewpoint. It's not up to us to even re-educate everyone constantly. It's ultimately to gain a level playing field and to understand that regardless of what our political beliefs are, we can find a middle ground. We can find something to relate to each other on or to agree with each other on. So I think that that's a huge part of what it took for me to educate myself about the importance of intersectionality and understanding the value in other people's perspectives. And over the years, simply from listening to people's perspectives instead of just hearing it and being like, oh, I don't want to hear that. Like really taking time to understand where that comes from and understand the nuances and what even other people believe has taught me so much and has really grown me into a more well-rounded advocate and someone who understands the bigger picture surrounding issues and not just my side of things. Well, I know that I'm going to be rewinding and listening to what you just shared over and over and over again. And I completely agree with you that it, it doesn't necessarily get easier, right? Difficult conversations are always difficult. But I think the the art of navigating them comes with time. And I love what you shared about knowing, being able to have some foresight or knowing what you want to get out of a conversation is so important before you even start it. So I love that, Anya. And I'd be curious to know, you've gotten so much attention in such a positive way over the past year, right? Like being featured in Elle and Glamour and Seventeen magazine, only to name a few, and the conversation list, if you will. What has this taught you about yourself? And what do you know now that you wish you knew then? I've taught myself a lot about my own resilience over the course of my activist journey, because I don't think that I haven't had a problem with my self-confidence since I was 11 and 12, but to say that I was this confident from then up until this point would be like a complete lie. I really struggled to stay firm in understanding that my voice had value, that my presence had value, and I often didn't think that I was qualified enough to make the commentary that I was making, but I still pushed myself to make it. And I think that over the course of, you know, 2019 and 2020, especially, I gained that that confidence in myself and the ability to bet money on the fact that like, oh, yeah, you could put me in, a, in front of a group of 3000 people and not, you know, no time to prepare. And I could kill it like I could do that. I know that if there's ever a situation in my school community, I'm the first one to be like, oh, we'll do damage control later. I know how to handle this. Like I just I hop on it. The confidence that I have in myself has a huge role to play in that because if I was constantly second guessing and be like, oh, well, I don't really know if I should, da, 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 then a lot of the stuff I've been able to do, I wouldn't have done. And I think that that's a super important part of my growth as an activist, as well as my growth as a person, because I think that I've started to value, just like I mentioned before, that intersectionality more, just simply reaching out to people who don't even look like me and be like, hey, you want to be friends? Like, I see that you're doing awesome stuff. And like, I just wanted to talk to you about it. And just getting out of my comfort zone has also been a major thing for me. But overall, I think that understanding the importance of having self-confidence and realizing the value in your voice and the power that you have as an individual was something that I learned over the course of my journey. So I love that. That's awesome. And I wish that was something that people learned earlier, right? That like you have a voice and your voice matters. And the work that you're doing is certainly giving that to people in a way that I have not seen before. So thank you. Hi, my name is Cynthia and I approve this hot take. 
We all know what that sound means, Anya. It is time for a TC hot take. For those who are listening in on our conversation and you have no clue what that means, we have a whole portion of our community on the Geneva app dedicated to hot takes, which are typically coined as controversial thoughts, opinions, ideas, icebreakers that, you know, might make someone uncomfortable or might not be something that you agree with, but are certainly great places to start a conversation. So today's hot take is brought to us by one of our community members, Cynthia, and Cynthia's hot take for you, Anya, is that there are certain things that people just shouldn't debate about, like people's rights and trauma. This is what Cynthia thinks. So Anya, where do you stand on that hot take? Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think that when it comes to people's experiences, I don't necessarily think that in every sense it's people's place to say whether or not those experiences are valid. I think that the conversation needs to become more about what have you learned from those experiences? Are you trying to get anything done about those experiences now? How can we help you to cope with those experiences or to move forward? And I think that, you know, it's a more compassionate way of going about understanding what people have been through rather than thinking that you're in a position to tell them to minimize how they feel about their experience or to completely interpret it, you know, a different way. And it's just not, it's not right to do that to people because it, it makes it seem like people's experiences can be easily invalidated by others' opinions. And I don't necessarily think that that's fair. So I definitely agree with Cynthia on that one. Nice. It, it's an interesting one, right? Like I, I'm sitting here thinking about it as you're talking, Anya. And I think if Cynthia had written that they think people just shouldn't have conversations about certain things, I think I would feel differently. But I think because they use the word debate, I agree with you. But I do think that even if it comes to having a conversation about someone's unique experiences, like it's such an opportunity to learn and grow and empathize like we talked about. But I also agree at the same time about what you shared, Anya, and that we can't invalidate other people's lived experiences. I'm on both sides. I think you and I both see (laughs) both sides of the conversation. What an awesome hot take, Anya. Thank you for answering Cynthia's question. And if you want to be considered for our next hot take segment, please come join us in the Conversationalist community. We are on the Geneva app 24-7, talking about everything from empathy to debating and everything from the casual to the controversial and so much more. So just head over to our website at theconversationalist.com or check the link in our bio on Instagram at theconversationalist. And we can't wait to see you there. Anya, I have loved learning more about your journey today. And now we're going to head over to our advice segment. And I would love to hear what advice you might have for another Gen Zer out there in the world trying to find their place and start using their voice for good. What advice do you have for any young people out there who are kind of on their journey? A huge point of advice that I would give to any Gen Zer that was trying to start their change maker journey is one, never let accolades drive you because And I know that that's a huge thing coming for me because of the accolades that I've been fortunate enough to amass, especially in the past year. But I'm the first person to say that when my teachers are like, oh, did the school post you doing this or the school? I'm like, oh, I didn't really notice because I don't do it for that. And it's important to realize the difference between activists and advocates who do the work to get the praise versus to do the work to make a change. Moving forth in your purpose with genuine intentions is really, really important because you won't always get credit 
for doing what's right. You won't always get credit for making that statement, for having the hard conversations, for even organizing a protest or an event or whatever. You won't always get credit for being the better person. And I think that that's something that people need to be okay with. You don't always need to be praised for doing what is right in the world. If more advocates and more activists move forth with the pure intention of just wanting to make a difference and wanting to push the needle and just accepting whatever comes to them after that, then a lot more change makers would be consistent. And a lot of that change we would uphold people to instead of it just being like, oh, I was able to say I did this and I'm going to move on to the next thing so that I can get more attention. You know what I mean? So I definitely think that that's one major point of advice I would give. And the second is to understand that there is value in your opinion and that you have to move forth with the idea that I have a right to be in whatever room I'm in, regardless of whether I'm the only person with an opinion, regardless if I'm the only person that's sharing that opinion. I think it's super important for young people to understand that their voice is valid. It's not fair for people to invalidate our voices just because of our age or just because of what we look like or any of the variables that people use to dispel their ignorance onto us. So I definitely think that moving forth with genuine intentions and never doing things for praise is important as well as understanding the value in your voice. That was such good advice. I'm here snapping like crazy. Anya, it's so crazy. I feel like we, in some weird ways, have like very similar takes on the world. Like I And I think what you said about accolades is so real. And I think so many people are in it for the wrong reasons. But at the same time, I also made the mistake growing up in thinking that I needed that validation in order to go. Like I thought I had to be awarded that official position as student body president or given X award at X event to be afforded that position of change maker. So I think it goes the other way around too, right? Like you don't need to wait for anyone else's permission to say go. So you're you're hitting me in a deep place, Anya, in such a good way. And I want to make sure that we head over to our self-promo segment next, where we get to hear a little bit about how we can stay in touch with you, how we can follow you, and any upcoming projects that you're working on that we should know about. My social media on everything, besides LinkedIn, obviously, because LinkedIn is just my name, Anya Dillard, but all of my other social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, is at I-A-M-A-J. D-I-L-L-A-R-D. So if you want to keep up with my work, that's where you can find me. You can also check out my nonprofit organization, The Next Gen, come up at www.thenextgencu.com. And we have a lot of cool stuff coming for you guys through our org, but I also am working on some creative projects that are more long-term, but I am currently developing a series dedicated to talking about the creation of activism. And I'm also working on a lot of new written works for my own personal brand, as well as encouraging more people to get involved in more community service efforts as 2021 comes to it's spring season, so we'll have a lot of great community service efforts coming. But if you want to keep up with all those things, I really encourage that you guys follow me. If anyone has any questions about any of the work that I'm doing or how you can get started, then I'd be so, so happy to respond to your messages and your DMs. My DMs are always open. So please feel free to reach out to me. Well, I can't wait to keep following your journey. And I'm so excited to see the series that you're working on. Anya, you truly embody what it means to be a conversationalist. So I've got to end our episode by giving you some snaps. You know, we're all about snaps here at TC. You said so many things today that are going to stick with me far beyond our episode, but I want to double tap on two things that you mentioned. First and foremost, you made this beautiful analogy 
between listening and hearing. And I think there's such a difference. And I love what you said about trying to become a better listener at the end of the day and not just hearing something and shrugging it off, but truly listening. I think that is so powerful. And I also love what you shared about empathy. I know we talked about your journey starting at five years old. I feel like you're (laughs) the Guinness World Record winner of being the youngest person to have fostered empathy. But I really think that empathy is the key to unlocking so many of the struggles we see in the world today. And I so appreciate the ways in which you framed that for us today and really shared the importance of how empathy can lead to that change that we want to see. So Anya, thank you for being here and for being on the podcast. And I can't wait to talk more soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. That was amazing. Thank you so much again to Anya for coming on the show. She is truly changing the world through her empathy and her activism. So make sure you give her and the Next Gen Come Up a follow and read more about her work and upcoming projects in the show notes. Today's conversation helped to break open my echo chamber in hearing more about Anya's unique experiences as a Black woman, especially when she started out in STEM. This feeling that Anya had of being one of the only Black women in the room allowed her to start investigating and ultimately led her to start some important conversations with both herself and the world around her. This was such an awesome turning point that really led her to where she is today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please subscribe to The Conversationalist Podcast wherever you're listening right now. And if you want to meet incredible people like today's guest, come join us in the Conversationalist community on the Geneva app. We're there 24-7 to talk about anything on your mind that matters to you. Just click the link in the show notes below or click our link in bio on Instagram at The Conversationalist and check out our website, theconversationalist.com. If you want to join right here, right now, just take out your phone and text the word UNIFY to 877-222-1119 and we'll see you there. You may have been wondering what our segments mean and where they come from, like Break the Ice, Hot Takes, Let's Talk, and Snaps. So come to our community to find out and see for yourself. I'm Sophie Barron. We'll see you next time on the Conversationalist Podcast, where we amplify and unify together. The Conversationalist Podcast is a production of The Conversationalist, LLC. No part of this program can be reproduced or published without written permission from the producer. The views expressed on this podcast are not the views of The Conversationalist, its partners, team members, or affiliates. Copyright 2021, The Conversationalist.